Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlewy.net for further information. Right, we've got Stephen Ferris on the line as always. And Stephen, oh, look, I'm watching rugby last weekend and Irish provinces are winning left, right and centre, four from four. And I'm thinking, what World Cup? Well, everything's rosy in Irish rugby's garden at the moment. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Like a couple of weeks uh, from... Ireland getting home from a Rugby World Cup exit and, you know, they get back to their provinces and they just seem to come alive and is it the change in environment? Is it, the, you know, the different coaching? Is it not being under too much pressure? Um, I think it's probably uh, all three of those that I just mentioned. They're just, you know, boys are just coming come, coming to life again. Even look at Johnny Sexton when he scored the try behind the post against Treviso and the old fist pump and um, it just looked like everybody was enjoying the rugby. Um, you know, unlike the last couple of games in the Rugby World Cup. Stephen, can I ask you a question about coming off the back of a World Cup as a player? Like, you you, you look mentioned how great this weekend was, right? And you look that Keith Earls, um, Ringrose, Sexton, you, you, obviously Scockdale, all these players who were the stories of the weekend were all players who had the were in the World Cup squad. They all look physically in the best nick possible, but also mentally, like the Sexton kind of celebration. Even Ringrose, like Ringrose, who seems so timid generally, was screaming as he as he scored his try. Is there kind of a like prove my point kind of a chip in the shoulder that might actually prove really powerful for them moving forward? Uh, possibly, I think you know it's being back in your home comforts, like your your own house, your own bed, you see your family. You know, you can go out and go for a cup of coffee in Dublin or Belfast or Limerick, wherever it is, it's dark. Um, and, you know, there's not as much stress. You can jump in your car, you can go for a drive, you can do your own recovery or, or whatever. Where when you're locked up in Japan, um, you know, I think speaking to a few of the lads that were out there, you know, everything was rosy for the first couple of weeks. And then you started looking around at the same four corners of the, of the room that you're in, the same four corners of the team room. Um, and, you know, there's not that much to do. You know, the Japanese culture is fantastic and everybody embraced it. But, you know, there's only so many places you can go and, uh, and see um, when you're locked down in a, in a different city every week. So um, I think just more or less getting home to home comforts and be able to relax and just uh, get back to, you know, doing the day job. I think everybody has flourished under under the provinces last week um, and it was brilliant for every Irish fan who didn't really witness that much um, positivity over the last month or so. Um, you know, Everybody was singing and shouting and cheering after the four provinces won at the weekend. I suppose once you're back as well then it does kind of quickly feel like you know that while disappointment is one thing it, it probably isn't the end of the world either and there's still rugby to go out and play and there's still a season to be had and I suppose that that's kind of there's a, there's a bit of freedom in that too you know and I think if you look at kind of like you know Ulster last weekend in particular you know just because we're going to talk about them first because they're playing uh, Claremont on Friday night like Ulster uh, you know even just the way they kind of eked out the result at the end Stockdale tackle everything like that there was this sort of sense of this kind of team that has you know come together and 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 are all kind of happy playing yeah. together which is I have to say great to see because you know last year was very good and all but you know we are still kind of like close enough to a time where things weren't all that good and and the, the atmosphere didn't seem that great within the Ulster team yeah make your 100% right like it wasn't that long ago that uh, Ulster were playing against the Ospreys in a battle to play European Cup rugby um, and thankfully they got the win uh, in Belfast against the Ospreys a couple of years ago and yes they have improved 
significantly, that's for sure. Under Dan McFarlane coming in, lots of uh, change in the backroom staff, S&C coaches have uh, gone, you know, head physios have been gone, and um, it just seems to be a bit of bit of a rebuilding process. But you know, when you're rebuilding, you gotta try and keep winning, or else the fans will get on your back week in week out. And um, there's no better way to get a bit of momentum behind you than get off to a good start in the first game of the European Cup. And you know, I think fortunately for Ulster guys, they that was more or less their full strength team. You know, bar maybe playing Louis Ludic or Craig Gilroy in the wing um, ahead of Rob Little that was probably their full strength and you know that, that hasn't been said for, for probably the last couple of years when it came to European rugby now it came at a cost that bath game obviously Carter's out injured he's you know three or four months out with the shoulder injury Little's out Jack McGrath, McGrath out with the, the dislocated thumb so uh, it's going to be a huge huge challenge against Claremont Friday night um, but it's, uh, as we go back there, it's, it's definitely been a rebuilding process for Ulster over the last couple of seasons, and, and hopefully they can keep going in the right direction because they have the fans, they have the support. Um, you know, I was working for Channel Four at the weekend uh, for, on, on that Bath game, and the travelling support from Ulster, like it was just outrageous. I've, I've never been to an away game with more support. It was absolutely superb, and they really did drive the team on to trying to get that win. So. Um, oh, all guns blazing now for Friday night. I don't know about you guys down in Dublin, lads, but it has absolutely been lashing out of the heavens for the last three days, and it doesn't seem to, doesn't seem to be any let up at any stage over the next couple of days. And um, even bumping into a couple of the Ulster lads yesterday at the coffee shop, the first thing that we kind of talked about was the weather. Uh, so you know, I think everybody's hoping that Friday night's a dry night and uh, Claremont and Ulster are able to play a little bit of rugby. Stephen, but prior to this weekend, would you have agreed with the critics of Jacob Sockler's defence? I'll, I'll tell you why I asked you that question in a second, but just would you have agreed with them, the, the people that made a point <laughs> that they're in a weakness? Yeah, well, I think he hasn't been fantastic in defence, but, um, you know, all the neutrals and um, anybody who doesn't understand the game fully would, you know, point the finger at Jacob Stockdale for three or four of the English tries that scored in that game in Twickenham when they absolutely you know, robbed Ireland, um, put them to the sword, where probably it was more um, a system error, a couple of system errors, people jump on the line and leave Jacob. Obviously, he's the last man a lot of the time, apart from Rob Carney or every time fullback trying to close the gate. So um, you can get left out there. Um, and a lot of the time, it does look like your fault. Um, the majority of the time, it usually is. But I think in Jacob's defence, he, he 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 has a lot to work on. I think Brian O'Driscoll's been very vocal over the last couple of seasons that he definitely has a lot to work on. And um, you know, everybody sees Jacob as this try-scoring machine, and then when that doesn't happen for him, you know, everybody straight away scrutinises his, his defence. But he got one moment of brilliance at the end of the game against Bath, which you know, obviously it was the, the match-winning moment. Um, you know, it's amazing that not too many people give him the the. Like a pat on the back that he probably deserved for um, an outstanding piece of defence where everybody else thinks about the negatives. Yeah, because building on that then, right, if you look at that read that he made, like that obviously will give him a huge amount of confidence in his decision-making, which seems kind of key when you're a winger in, in modern rugby, that so much of it is down to whether you're kind of, if you're slightly hesitant to get caught out, but decision-making, you'll build on that confidence. That could actually be like forge his defensive ability. You look at somebody like Cooney, the way he bounced back, like the kick he missed that he skewed straight away, the next take you're thinking, geez, it was a similar enough angle. He nailed that one. And then somebody like Eric O'Sullivan coming off the bench and really holding his own. I thought the scrum was brilliant. Um, still, once, once, once 
yeah. once he came on. But based on that three, like this could actually potentially be kind of a, a formative game for us. Like it could be a launch pad for a, for a huge season. If, if, if they do march on to the way you hope they would, you'd nearly point to this game and what it did for, for those three players in particular. Yeah, I think in years gone by, Ulster probably, I know that a good record, they, uh, Ulster do have a good record against Bath away from home but you know in years going by you always say about Ulster slipping up away from home and not picking up a, a, a bonus point here or there um, where they grind it out like you know they played what was in front of them and being in the stadium being at the wreck it, it never felt like Bath were going to win the game it, it really felt like that you know they had 60 odd percent of possession and they didn't use it whatsoever you know it was a missed tackle one on one Will Addison uh, with the young fella getting in, but apart from that, they offered absolutely nothing. And it took until the 80th minute for Bath to actually start playing rugby. Um, and that's the worrying thing, you know. When they did play rugby in that last couple of minutes, they did get gain lines, they did get a try scoring opportunity. And you can be sure with Claremont coming to Belfast, they will have plenty more opportunities than Bath did, and they will create a hell of a lot more. So I think also this weekend will just be. Um, trying to find a weakness early in the game, whether that's John Cooney putting the box kick up on the wingers for Claremont and you know trying to win those 50-50s, making everything contestable, trying to win the scraps, the 50-50s on the floor, and you know trying to get that uh, Kingspan crowd behind them. And if they can do that, guys, it would not surprise me if Ulster you know ground out a result. They've done it before. Mm. Um, why couldn't they do it again? Yeah, Claremont are a funny one as well. They're kind of like they don't seem like the the force of before, and they're they're a little bit down the top fourteen championship. They they were hammered to Toulouse a couple of weeks ago, and then they absolutely destroyed Quinns. Like so, you know, it's <laughs> you don't know what I don't know. Maybe they have a European team and a, and a home team, but uh, I, I suppose we don't know what we're getting from them. The traveling French team, Stephen. We don't know what we're getting from them. It's it's no, an old cliche, but it's definitely true. Don't. It's definitely true, although I think, you know, uh, the halfbacks for Claremont were superb. And if you look at the Bath game again, like Chudley and Priestland were very, very average. Um, Chudley was probably poor because, you know, the box kicks that he put up on Jacob Stockdale and Rob Little, you know, they weren't contestable all day long and those guys chewed them up. So um, I, I think, you know, Morgan Parra um, will be a lot cuter and um, you know with Lopez outside him I think they'll control the game much better even in a, a wet and windy Belfast I think that uh, they'll come with a much better game plan than what Bath had at the weekend because Bath just played into Ulster's hands we know how good Ulster's defence can be you look back at the quarter final against Leinster where they just used massive massive line speed and shut everything that Leinster threw at them so uh, they kind of brought a bit of that back to uh, that Bath game and it wouldn't surprise me if you've seen a little bit more of it this weekend yeah, Munster were delighted to get their uh, to get their bonus point. That was a really well worked away win in um, in Wales. But you have to say yeah. that there's a much bigger test for them this weekend in in, in Thoman Park with Rassing. Uh Rassing obviously, you know, were were easy winners over Saracens. But like, this is a really interesting one for me in that, like, you know. You've got Zebo, Dunica Ryan coming back to Limerick. I don't know, like rugby's just kind of Irish rugby's a kind of a strange one with the provinces in that they are so kind of like you know parochial in a way, and you do grow up with these lads. Certainly yeah. a big group with them. I don't know if you ever had that where where like you know you know former Ulster players, former teammates were coming back to to, to Ravenhill for you know a big European game. It is a kind of a, a it's almost kind of strange sensation, isn't it? In such a big game. 
It's a different. It's kind of like the, the professional is professional rugby versus the kind of a, a still kind of an amateur sort of ethos that's there and everything like that. No, big time. Um, I, I haven't had that at, at Ulster where you know there's been two or three, um, maybe you know not as high a caliber a player as uh, Donegal Ryan and Simon Zebo. Like these are two world class players that are coming back where they spent you know, their whole life playing rugby. Um, and it's going to be fascinating. I think it's going to be... Uh, I actually feel that Munster are a little bit vulnerable. Um, watching them against Ulster two weeks ago when Ulster didn't have their, their full-strength side down there. They didn't have Henderson. They didn't have Kutsia. They didn't have Burns playing it out half. And for me, Ulster probably should have won that game. Um, and I think they, they really need to tighten themselves up. Graham Roundtree really needs to get stuck in and um, try and get their pack working a lot harder because uh, I, I think this Rossi 92 could, could spring a surprise uh, down at Thulman Park. Although that's easier said than boys so with the record the Munster have had it down there over the years. But yeah, very, very intriguing game. Not only because of uh, you know Zebo and, and Ryan coming over, but because uh, you know these are the two favourites that are probably going to, well, one of them's definitely going to progress through to the quarterfinals. Stephen, when you look at the Saracens team, you mentioned the Saracens team that went out against um, Rassing at the weekend, and the potential with this, you know, you talk about um, Rassing there. They're in a dogfight in top fourteen. They're down in tenth. There's already whispers that they might try and prioritise domestic rugby. Do you think, like, do Ireland care more about the Champions Cup than anyone else? <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I think I think probably looking at the leagues that you know the top fourteen. If Ulster, Munster, Leinster, Connacht were in the top 14, that you know you, you don't have the the zebra uh, home and away, you know, to, yeah. to, to get points. You don't have the dragons home and away, where you know you back yourselves every day of the week to get a win. Um, you know, you don't have like an Ospreys at the minute that are really really struggling. So I think exactly the same with the Gallagher Premiership. You know, you look at Leicester bottom of the table, Harlequins are right down there, Wasps, you know, second from bottom. Uh, or sorry, with, with Saracens now down there, third from bottom. So uh, I just think that uh, the Pro 14 is, I'm not saying it's an easier league, but I think it, uh, it, it's sort of um, the top 14 and the Gallagher Premiership is probably more of a true reflection of, 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 uh, of how hard the actual leagues are. Um, and there's no easy game where, you know, I think Ulster, Munster, Leinster and Connacht can, can pick and choose a few games and, and then give it absolutely 100%, give it absolute Dixie when it comes to the European Cup. Yeah, because the reason I ask that, I suppose, is that, you know, you look at uh, Munster and Leinster last week, who, like, what you know, it was both great wins and really good scenes, but the, the style of rugby, I suppose, wasn't necessarily as... as um, expansive as you like, like they, it's, it's great to see a team kind of drag it out and I guess maybe this is just a consequence of when uh, after World Cup you're still kind of wrapped up in this idea of the frame of Irish rugby and the, the direction it's going and maybe that doesn't matter like maybe to my mind anyway maybe the best thing for Irish rugby is that these teams just keep winning yeah, yeah I think there's pros and cons but um, I think you know everybody is just really happy and excited to see the four provinces do so well like I know you're probably going to touch on it but like what a win for Colin at the yeah. weekend you look at the two team sheets the you know, World Cup winners and uh, on the Montpellier team and then you know uh, an injury ravaged uh, Connor team who you know really stuck it up to him and when I when I flicked it on and it was 7-0 after 5 minutes I was like oh geez, here we go you know Connor's going to be in for a bit of a hype here especially after getting a drum in the week before by Leinster but I think all in all, it was just absolutely brilliant to see the positivity around Irish rugby after the, the six weeks that we've had previous. 
um, and for the four provinces to come out with four wins is, is just unbelievable. And especially on that kind of story, I think, uh, and you know, this frame of Irish rugby, we might as well keep going with it. The, the, the when you see a guy like like Conor Fitzgerald, who obviously didn't get get the break that he needed with the Munster Academy to come up there, and you know, uh, Jack Arthur, who it just didn't click from on the day that happens. But the fact that he can step in and kick a, a penalty like that is kind of a testament to you know that we've got a huge amount of really really promising professionals, and just because they don't break through at, at Munster or Leinster doesn't mean that they can't go on to have uh, really great you know careers in, in professional rugby. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And uh, a friend of mine's actually looking after Fitzgerald coming on and kicking the win of penalty uh, for the game. Um, you know, look at Ronan Keller scored again at the weekend for for Leinster. He seems to have leapfrogged a few boys. So there are plenty. There's plenty of talent. There's plenty of opportunity out there for for the young guys coming through. And um, you know, it's brilliant to see them perform on the big stage in the European Cup. I like lads. I love playing on a on a Friday night at the Kingspan Stadium when Ravenhill well, when when it was when I played. Um, it was a really good buzz, like brilliant, brilliant atmospheres all around Europe. So, um, you know, it's a great experience for those young lads, and hopefully, they keep kicking on. Yeah. I know it's going to be a brilliant weekend. The four Irish provinces playing against four French teams, all off the back of wins. There's kind of like there's underdogs and favourites going across. We haven't talked about Leinster there. They're like away to Lyon, who are top of the the French league, and Leinster two yeah. to one on that on, on Ladbrokes. That just kind of seems a little bit scary to me. But um, I don't know if you've it had a scary, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've had a look at anything I'd like uh, you know, or if there's anything that you kind of like the look of this week. I know I, I know you're thinking that Ulster uh, definitely have a chance there you know they're plus two what's for the, the what's game what's the handicap on the Ulster they're Ul- plus two Ul- for the game Ulster are plus two yeah Connacht amazingly eight to one to win and to lose but I suppose probably more tempting is a 21 point handicap there uh, I don't think wow. <laughs> not getting much of a chance there poor Connacht um, Leinster are minus five away to uh, away to Leon, uh two to one on to win yep. the game and Munster also minus five um, at home to Racing so I don't know if there's anything jumping out at yeah. you there yeah, I think a lot of it's got to be dictated by the weather. Um, you know, if anybody's throwing a, a few quid or having a punt on the rugby, the, the weather does um, significantly change things. Um, you know, even the game at the weekend, Bath, Ulster, it was always going to be a tight game. The pitch was so heavy. And, you know, lads couldn't get moving. Everybody looked busted by 50 or 60 minutes. And, of course, I think the handicap was three points. And what, what did it finish up? It was a one-point game. So um, I think the weather's going to dictate a lot. Uh, I, I feel that Ulster will need their best performance of the season to beat Claremont. Um, and uh, oh, my heart would say, look, I'd love Ulster to, to get a win. And um, But... Just after the weekend, I'm sort of edging towards Claremont. You know, the style of rugby that they played um, and with Lopez and, and Parra at 9 and 10, I feel that they have the attributes to control that match. So would be leaning towards Claremont. I think the Munster Racing game, something tells me that Munster are going to pull out their best performance of the year and uh, and, and beat that handicap. Um, uh, again, it wouldn't surprise me if Racing turned up. But at the same time, they're they're down in the top fourteen, so I'd be going for Monster minus five. Uh, Leinster, I would probably just do them the win. I wouldn't go in, wouldn't go near the handicap. And uh, and Connacht, sorry Connacht, but uh, you know the way that Toulouse played in the second half against Gloucester, they were just unbelievable. So again, weather conditions. If it's a dry uh, afternoon, then I, I would probably go with Toulouse. But um, if there's a bit of moisture, a bit of rain in the air, I would go with uh, go with Connacht. Uh, plus 21 points 
Okay. Well, say leaving Connacht out then just for a second to, uh, you know, because we don't know the weather. Uh, treble of Leinster to win the game, Claremont to win the game, and Munster minus five is around four to yeah. one. It's 3.94 to one on Ladbrook. So uh, that's, a, okay. that's an interesting one. Like you, that, need, yeah. you, need, you need Munster. You need, you know, it's, it's one you want to lose, obviously. Uh, and we all do, you know, yeah. we, <laughs> we'd all love Ulster to win. But if, if you get through that, then, uh, you know, we have the two games on Saturday that at least kind of like uh, pep, pep up your step after, yeah. uh, after a defeat. Big time. Big time. Big time. Great. So, see, look, it's going to be a brilliant weekend's rugby. So um, enjoy it. And uh, we'll chat to you soon. Cheers, lads. Here. Thanks very much. Enjoy the rugby. Have a good one. Great stuff there from Stephen, as always. Uh, always great to talk to Stephen, I have to say. Just kind of gets me in the mood for, Cuts for through, the yeah. rugby at the yeah. weekend. Yeah. If you are uh, looking at that bet that Stephen had, or any bet this weekend, or listening to the show at all, we are always just having a little bit of fun here. And please do gamble responsibly. You can visit dunlouis.net for more information on that. I wanted to ask you a question about Munster. There was some que- uh, you know, Stephen there kind of saying that they might look a little bit vulnerable, but you know, at the same time kind of picking them to beat Rassing with a five-point spread. I was at the game two years ago against Rassing, and it was a slot. Like Munster won as well that night, and it was a brilliant win. I remember Chris Farrell had a really, really good game. Um, but, like, it's a t- that is not an easy performance. And Rassing, I think, are almost the most... What's the word I'm looking for? Outside of, like, you know... Toulon a couple of years ago. Like, I'm talking about current, the current French teams. They're probably the most European adapt you know yeah. like that the, 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 they they don't mind going to limerick and going full hog and trying to win that game like you know and they're well used to play monster as well yeah yeah too i think that's key by the way actually i think that monster has even talked before about the donic ryan i think donic ryan has talked about known calls and how they took apart monster line out a couple yeah. of years ago um the only thing i would say though is that like if you're looking at french teams this year claremont's you saw it like if you Ulster must have been watching that game and thinking, you know, the uh, Clement put 50 points on Hardigans. If we give them possession as easy as we gave bats, they will absolutely punish you. So I think that's how they use the ball is going to be really important there. Um, so like Clement, I think, are strong here. Toulouse are Toulouse, same yeah. as last year, will be looking to kick on. Rassing are slightly different in that their top 14 form is terrible. The back end of last year was terrible as well. I, Mike Prendergast has done an interview on this recently about the work they're trying to do there to try and settle down domestically. And I wonder, like, is there a more of a question mark of all the last few years, actually, would yeah. they slightly take an eye off Europe compared to what they... Like, they went all out. I actually think the last two years, the, the losing to Leinster in the final, that seemed to really kind of inspire yeah. them to come back with a vengeance. Um, and it didn't just quite click. And I think that maybe now they might... Like, there just is more of a question mark. Are, are they going to... That's why, by the way... It's almost like this year is the opposite to what I'm saying, which is like, this is the year that normally they are the ones that go yeah, hold exactly, on in Europe. Yeah. But they might say, hold on. We need, we need to... And if Saracens are doing that as well in the same year, Munster have caught a break. Happy, you know? <laughs> and that's why, but like, Friday afternoon is going to be really interesting. Like, it'll be fascinating to see Saracens at home... What team team the Saracens name for that game? It'll be really interesting to see what team Racing name for that game as well. Like that that that'll be I. Well, the reason I asked Stephen earlier, by the way, do other teams care as much as Irish teams do? Is kind of about that. Like are are the certain like English clubs bar Saracens? You can make a case for Exeter have been pretty awful recently in uh, Europe. We talked about that last year. We had Charlie Morgan on the show to tell us about why he thinks that was the case. Um, similarly, like French teams, you have like. 
first with it, but top 14 is definitely the priority. And like, I'm just wondering, is this like, if ever there was a year for an Irish team to win the Champions Cup, I think this is it. Yeah. What I was going to ask you about Munster, and I went off my own tangent there, was <laughs> there's a lot of kind of, ooh, I can see Larkham's influence here and there. Is it too early to actually say that in real terms? Yeah, I think it, I like... I actually was thinking that I think it's projected. Like yeah. you can see Larkham's influence, but I mean the way they won the game is typical, absolute monster in you know a really strong ten man rugby, brilliant up uh, up front, uh, a great mall players like CJ Sander and Jeremy Lockman and you know pack leaders coming to the fore and, and performing really really well, and then you know earning the right to give it wide and get people like Conway and whoever else on the ball. Um, but I, I I mean I like. If I'm totally honest, I don't see a huge expansion from yeah. what Larkham has done. That's not to say, by the way, that it's not coming. Or just, I just don't think you have enough evidence right now to, to draw that conclusion. Very small amount of time with the with the players. I want to talk a little bit more about the Saracens thing that you just mentioned, actually. But we're going to stay with rugby for the big shout. All right, hold it. Stay just in. hold it, Alan. Push him out. Steady, David, don't. Get round. No, don't. Bloody. Okay, Morris, big shout time where we try to win two cakes in a sports biography. It's been done one time, one time, by the great Dermot. Like, we have his picture on the wall here. Yeah. He's, he's basically our, our god at he's this like, stage. We worship him every day when we come in here. He's like our, this is Anfield sign. You came in, tapped him just as you were about to do your big shout. <laughs> like, give you luck for, for what, what, what's coming. What's to come, yeah. So, so if anybody doesn't know, every week we try and do a big shout on the show. That is a bet that mounts to 25 to 1 or over. Not an easy thing to come. It hasn't happened. Every week, We've one person has done it on the show since we've started. Nobody has done it yet. We've come bloody close, very, very close sometimes, but we haven't done it. We've also asked listeners to do it. People have sent in emails in their droves. Some people do it every week. Some people have popped in one or two times, but only one person has ever done it. We had an 11-fold accumulator come through last week. So we will be saying... I hope he actually had a little... Uh, uh, a small Never, little yeah, bed as well. Yeah. Because we're not giving you any cash, Dermot. But <laughs> two cakes and a sports biography are on the way to you very soon. That is the prize. If you send them into us, the gaffer at balls.ie or anywhere on any of our social media uh, channels, you'll be able to get us pretty easily if you send them into us. Morris, you did it last week. You had, as far as I can see, you, I might have missed one. You had the New England Patriots to beat the Philadelphia the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. That went pretty well. That was two to one on. But then you had Brazil to beat Argentina. How did that go? That was one nil. Messi getting in a fight with Thiago Silva and Tide. Um, yeah, he, Messi was, by the way got into a fight with Cavani in the week. Two days later. Two days later. I love. It. I love. Uh, I love like kind of uh, this sort of like fiery Argentina Messi who's like just shouting at managers on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, you had Troy Parrott to score against New Zealand. How did yeah. that go? No, it, it, but it was. I was at that he game had a and he did. That, yeah, that chance was. The Jack Burn, if that had gone in, it was party time. Like, but <laughs> it didn't. Yeah, Clantibert to beat. Yeah, that so that didn't work no. out. Um, like I actually have got done a one eighty on Nave Connell now, yeah. and uh, they're going to win the All Ireland. What? They're eight to one, right? And <laughs> we're going to talk about this in a few minutes. Hold off on the GEA chat because we're coming back to it in a minute. We're coming back to it. anyway. Needless to say, Morris's big shout didn't come true this week. I'm sticking with rugby. That's why we're doing it in this part of the show. And I've gone for 
do you know what? There's 10 Champions Cup games this week, Morris, and I'm going for a nine-fold accumulator. We're throwing spreads this out the window. We're throwing everything out the window, this right? Is the closest, the closest you've come to what Dermot did. Exactly. I am going for... I'm, but I'm not shying away from any games. I'm not just picking the easy ones. I'm going for every match in the Champions Cup. Now, the problem is, I can't... There's no odds for the Ospreys and Saracens. As you mentioned before, there is a kind of a possible worry there that... Uh, you know, maybe uh, Saracens team, yeah. might not put out a team. That's completely understandable. So let's leave that out and we'll just say the other nine games, okay? So these are in a pretty random order, actually, with the way that they've written down here. So don't worry about the timeline. I'm going for Leinster to beat Leon away from home, okay? That's honestly, it's two to one on. It's by far not the best or the, the longest odds I have in this accumulator, but it's the one I'd be nearly most worried about because Leinster have had no real build-up to this game. Obviously, you know, they didn't have a massive game last week and Leon top of the top 14 this is away from home and they can afford to focus on Europe right now yeah absolutely this is a really really hard game but Leinster you have to trust them you have to trust the team that have been in the last two finals to kind of find a way to do it you know I'm glad I'm not worried about a handicap that's just they have to win very very briefly do you like angry Johnny slash Gary slash James Ryan James Ryan getting in verbals with people I've never seen it before like do, do you like the the mean streak that Leinster demonstrated against uh, Benetton. Um, I like whatever they need to do to win. To win, yeah. yeah. I, Fair, yeah. Like I don't know. Like it's. It, I don't need it. Is probably <laughs> what I'd say. But if they do, I'm all for it. You know, once 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 they don't get themselves into any kind of stupid trouble or anything. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I don't think they. I don't think those three in particular would be that stupid to to go and do that. You know. Uh, moving on, Northampton Saints to beat Benetton away from home. I think that's far from a, a, a an obvious or a, a guarantee. Yeah. But I do think that they will win. To lose to beat Connacht, unfortunately, I you know can't see any other result there. Exeter to beat Glasgow at home. Munster to beat Racing. Kind of talked about that. Um, they're four to nine. Sale to beat La Rochelle at home. Montpellier to beat Gloucester at home. Like, you know that. That's going to be a really close group. There was, I think, there was a combined five points between the four teams in the in in the games last week. But I like Montpellier to win that, um, and Claremont, unfortunately, to beat Ulster. Um, you know what I think will be a close game. And then the one I went for to get the odds up, and 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 I was asking you about it even beforehand. You didn't know what it was about because Bath are underdogs, like significant underdogs, to beat Harlequins away from home, and they're six to four. I like Bath in this game. I think they're probably a better team than Harlequins. I mentioned Harlequins score, uh, you know, against um, Claremont last week. So I fancy them. That all adds up, Morris, to 26.58 to 1, or as I call it, over the 25 to 1 threshold. This qualifies as a big shout. Yeah, um, I like, I think I like all of that. Okay, that's uh, worrying to me now. Normally you'd have to be, yeah, because we say that all the time. Yeah. (laughs) And they never come off. Like the bath are interesting, right? Uh, because, like, it was I was really interested to hear Stephen say there that added he never felt like bath were going to win the game because, to be honest, for the last five minutes I thought there was only, only ever going to end one way this game. Like Ulster had a chance to clear their lines, get a scrum, um, win a penalty. Like Bath have got a really good back row: Williams, uh, Sam Underhill, and Zach Gershner, but. Like as a pack, they were kind of like not bullied, but they weren't front enough as much as you want. So Ulster have a line out, get the ball down, get it out, kick it out. You've won the game. The throw was crooked, so Cooney 
to get the ball, Cooney kicks out, throws Crockett, comes back, get a scrum, win a penalty, go for a scrum again. They start attacking down the wing, and from then on, I'm thinking this just it's too many things are going wrong. Like yeah. that, they're gonna, which is why actually I was so surprised and delighted to see Jacob Scott come up with the read when when he did. So like I wouldn't have, I I think Bath are good. Like I think Bur- yeah. uh, Burns is a good player. Like Sam Underhill, in a way, I felt so sorry for him having to play that game after, so soon after a World Cup in that I think you deserve more of a break but at the same time I can totally understand why they need him to do that when you yeah. see what he's capable of and then you've got Reese Priestland in a back line with uh, Jamie Joseph like I think that's a good bad team mm-hmm. and what what I would say as well is that Bath have lost at home so and obviously Quinn's hammered whoever loses this game is basically yeah. done and I don't know I, I think that I think that Bath do get back into it a little bit more with a win here than Quinns would. You know, like as in, because Quinns, like, it's just a home win. They've still, like, you know, I, I don't know. I suppose both of them would still be alive with a win, but I think I think Bat would kind of undo the damage of last week if they can if they can get a win on. So, look, I, I again, I'll just run through them really quickly, the, the winners. Leinster, Northampton, Toulouse, Exeter, Munster, Sale, Montpellier, Bath, Claremont, and that's it because there's only nine so that's 26.58 to one that is the big shout if you have any again please send them to us um at the gaffer at balls.ie if you're having a bet on any of these things please we're only having a bit of fun do gamble responsibly visit dunlewy.net for more information to subscribe to the full build-up podcast search the build-up on balls.ie on all good podcast apps